0: Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast, available on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode. Hello and welcome to Daily Digest on the Football Digest, following another pretty pretty much fantastic night of European football, really. We always sit here and we say, out. Oh, it was a great night of Premier League football, it was a great night of Champions League football. Um, but it actually was last night, wasn't it? We saw five goals in the game between Atletico Madrid and Liverpool. We saw six goals in the game between Club Brugge and Manchester City. You know, elsewhere, we saw five goals in the game between PSG and Red Bull Leipzig, Prost, Donetsk. Feeling the wrath of Real Madrid, really, after they were a little bit embarrassed by Sheriff Tiraspol in, in the last round of fixtures. Um, but I think if we start with the game in Madrid, Mark, where it's a bit of a grudge match, really, isn't it, now between these two managers, who obviously don't like each other that much. Um, different styles of play and, and, and different personalities as well. Um, but w- what is it with games between these two? You know, they're always like you know on the edge of your seat kind of stuff, aren't they? Really. Um, but what what were your th- initial thoughts on this game last night?
1: I'll be honest with you. When you asked me yesterday to do this today, I thought we're going to have to talk about a really boring game, aren't we? Because because um, I could just I thought it was going to be quite tight, and I thought it was going to be quite um, you know like obviously we, when you're talking about them playing against each other, you're thinking about the the game at Anfield, the second leg when Liverpool got knocked out a couple of years ago. The game at Madrid, the first leg was very tight um, and it was only 1-0 to Atletico and, and I was expecting more of that game, really. Um, but yeah, Liverpool went 2-0 up after, what was it, 13 minutes. and um, I don't know what it is about. I think the, the styles of the teams maybe just mesh quite well and, and it turns into you know quite a good game because whilst they are very different in a lot of ways they also are quite similar in, in other ways, in the way that they press and they're very intense and, um, and the managers, you know, don't tend to like each other because probably they're very different styles. So, um, yeah, it made for a great game. I mean, that first half, I mean, Liverpool have been involved in a lot of good games this season, haven't they? You think about the Man City game and the Brentford game. So, um, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was edgy-seat stuff there and, and I was surprised by how Liverpool took it to them from the beginning. I was expecting a bit more of a cagey start, but... But then once a came into it, then it really opened up, didn't it?
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that you expected it to be maybe a bit of a cagey game with Atletico Madrid being at home. Um saw start after the game, and uh, it's the first time that they've conceded three goals in a European home game under Simeone, and he's been there for a very long time. I think it's 10 years he's been there for now. So for Liverpool to go and score three, Mark, that's really impressive, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, um, and it's carried on this record they've got. I think Liverpool, it's now eight away games in a row where they've scored three or more goals. Um which is quite remarkable really when you think about it. And and obviously a big part of that is is the form of of Mo Salah who um has played eleven games this season. There's only one game he didn't score in. So I mean you can you can obviously you know sort of wax lyrical about him and the way he the way he's playing. And and I think the team are the team just look a lot more settled. There's a lot of players in form. Um even you go down to someone like a James Milner, who maybe people wouldn't you know, necessarily put in their but kind of best Liverpool teams but he's he's contributed at the moment and um, so yeah it was very impressive to get the job done in the end obviously events in the second half helped but um, for them to be sitting top of that group which I think every, when the group got drawn you know Atletico Madrid, Porto and AC Milan I can't remember many groups with that sort of standard of team all the way through names all the way through and they've made it look a breeze really.
0: And you mentioned there that Salah, obviously, you know, arguably the form player in the world right now. Scott, just from your point of view, obviously, you're Chelsea London, um, so you might have a slightly different perspective. But certainly from my neutral perspective, I would see probably Salah as the form player in the world right now. It's probably a little bit different to what it's been in previous years, because we've always had in the past, we've had that elevated level above of Messi and Ronaldo, where they've been you know, just better than everybody else, basically. But at the moment, there's definitely a group of players. I would say maybe, you know, Salah, maybe Kareem Benzema's maybe under the radar a little bit just because he's been there for so long and you you just kind of expect him to be good. Um, Robert Lewandowski as well. But from from your perspective, Scott, how do you see Salah at the moment? Do you think that he is, you know, the the best
2: on form in the world at the moment? Yeah, he's definitely up there. Um, He's been kind of unreal, really, uh, this season and... I guess he's kind of like the standout Premier League player, which obviously in kind of our perception makes him one of the best players in the world. I think the likes of Lukaku have probably had slower starts to the season than what we expected. And like you say, Salah has scored in most games. And it's not just kind of the fact he's scoring, it's the kind of performances and the kind of goals he's creating things out. of nothing. the goal at the weekend where he kind of done about four players in the box with a couple of turns was just something spectacular to watch. And I think kind of teams will be hoping that the African Cup of Nations comes quickly so that uh, Liverpool don't have them to kind of utilise for for a month, hopefully. <laughs> um,
0: and just going quickly back to the the game last night, Mark, and the, the, the bite between the managers. Um, Simeone went straight down the tunnel and Klopp waved to him as he went down there, which was a little bit interesting. Obviously, they've, they've had words in the past. They had words um, in the press conferences before. There's definitely no love lost between the two. Um, but do you think that adds a little bit to the game, really, when, when the managers don't like each other? Because Klopp, he's not really like that with anybody else. He's not really like that with Guardiola, who you might expect him to have you know, a bit of a, a fiery rivalry with. But, and obviously, we've got this game to come in get into. We, do you think that rivalry between the managers adds to the, the spectacle almost?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I just think Simeone just gets worked up. And um, <laughs> you know, the way it all kind of unfolded for them there where... You know They've done well to get back in the game at 2-2 um, and played really well, I thought. They gave Liverpool a lot of trouble. I mean, I don't think it was Van Dijk's best 45 minutes of football there when, when, when Griezmann scores those couple of goals. And, and you see Klopp changes it when he takes off Cater uh, because he wasn't really... Although he scored a great goal, he wasn't really contributing defensively, certainly for that second goal of Let's Go scored. Um, but then, and then the red card happened, so you sort of see... If you look at it from Simeone's point of view, you see this advantage you've, you've sort of wrestled back then goes with, I mean, it's, it's a red card, isn't it? But it's an unfortunate one. You know, it's, it's not as if he's, I don't think he's meant to do it, but it's just one of those that you can't really, there's no other choice really. So, so as soon as that happens, the Liverpool are going to sort of take the initiative again. They get a penalty, which again, nailed on penalty. And then you see the reverse happen at the other end where I was quite surprised he changed his mind, to be honest. I don't, I don't think it was a penalty, but having given it, I thought, well, he'll stick by it now, you know. And so I was, I was actually quite surprised that he did change his mind. But obviously, all of this, or you know, you put all of this together, and and Simeone um, reacted the way he did. And um, he's he's a character, isn't he? You know, he's he's been. I mean, he's been at Atletico a long time now, and everyone's always expected him to maybe make that move. But um, I think it's just a club that suits him. You know, you just see the way they the way they are, the way they um, you know they they make life difficult for for players. They make life. I mean. Just going back to Salah, I mean, I, I don't think there's a debate. I think he is the best player in the world at the moment. Um, but he wasn't he wasn't really at his best. Other than scoring two goals was he? You know, so you you wouldn't necessarily say that Liverpool attacked that well, other than that initial burst. Atletico make it hard for you, and that suits Simeone and his his way. It's just his way, and I think I be, I think it's probably a little being a little bit overblown. I'd, I'd be surprised. I mean, I, if they didn't. They'll, they'll shake hands at Anfield next when they play. I mean, they, you know, and they'll probably make a laugh and a joke about it. And then they'll play 90 minutes and something will happen again. And this time it'll be Klopp, who's angry. You know, and I think they just quite like it. They, they get on with it. Um, so, yeah, I quite like it. It's a good rivalry. And um, it's maybe something you could see in the last stages as well as a Champions League. Obviously, the
0: game last night, five goals. We've seen six goals against Brentford earlier in the season for Liverpool, Mark. Um, do, do you think that given that? You know Liverpool was so strong in defence in the Champions League and, and the Premier League winning seasons. Do, do you view these high scoring games as a little bit of a problem? It's kind of back to how you know heavy metal Klopp was when he first came to the Premier League, and there was it was all sort of you know frenetic and, and intense football. But or do you think that it's you know it'll probably settle down as the season goes on?
1: It'll probably settle down. Um, but no, you're right. I think one of the issues of late has been midfield. Um, I don't think they've been as kind of protective of the back four as they, as they have been at, when Liverpool were kind of at the peak in, in winning the league. Someone like, I don't think Jordan Henderson's had the best of seasons. Um, I think he, like quite a lot of England players, really, after that Euros, have never, haven't never have quite come into the season sort of firing. They'll, they'll, they'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Uh, Fabinho's been a bit in and out. Um, you know, he had that, obviously, the Brazil issue, and then he was on the bench last night, came on at half-time. And then you can't overlook the fact that I, I don't think Virgil van Dijk is, is 100% yet, which is fully you can fully expect, you know? The one who is 100, if you're playing very well, is um, is Joel Matip, who goes very under the radar, but is has been one of the best defenders this season, I think by a long way. So I think it'll it'll come. Um, and but obviously the important thing is they're winning the games during this time, or they're getting points, like you said against City or against Brentford. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll be a, it'll be a slight concern they are shipping goals. Having said that, I thought the goalkeeper was great last night. He probably earned them, you know, with, with a couple of big saves when they were kind of one on one. So, yeah, it's probably something they'll be sort of aware of. And I'd imagine if you if you could speak to Klopp, he'd probably really be targeting like a run of clean cheeks now coming up because that would get rid of all this then, wouldn't it? And you'd, you'd see the likes of Van Dijk getting back to their best.
0: Scott, what's your view on that? Because as Mark mentions there, I think it is fair to say that Van Dijk isn't quite back to his best yet, obviously, after a very long layoff and and he even said to him said himself in the press conference before the game that it's still probably you know he's going through the process of getting back to his full fitness. But Liverpool are shipping goals despite probably being you not know, arguably the form team in the world, definitely in the Premier League. And but did you see a potential weakness there for other for other you know, rivals for the Premier League title firstly, you know, particularly looking at Manchester City and Chelsea?
2: Yeah, I think the likes of City and Chelsea are going to see an opportunity there. Um I think what's difficult is for a team like Chelsea, who have kind of like a focal point up front. I think even with Van Dijk not at top form, you still see him as somebody who's going to be able to win a battle for most of the game, I think. Um, and you kind of can't look at the defence in isolation because Liverpool are scoring so many goals. Um, it's not just Salah, Mane's kind of chipping in. Uh, Firmino obviously got the hat-trick at the weekend. Um, I don't think anybody kind of looks at Liverpool's and thinks weakness at the moment. Um <laughs> But yeah, they, they, they will they will see a little bit of hope and kind of, I guess, a little bit of vulnerability because, like you say, that goal came from kind of being down and um, probably feel like they should have got a draw with that penalty at the end there as well.
0: Yeah, Mark, we mentioned that they obviously Liverpool probably out of the form team in the Premier League at the moment. Are you seeing, you know, despite the, I wouldn't call them defensive frailties, but maybe slight defensive worries, are you seeing the signs in this team that you saw in, you know, and you won't have seen them last season, but are you seeing the signs now um, that you saw in the Premier League winning season and the Champions League winning season?
1: Um, I think in the Premier League season, it was, they did a lot of kind of managing games. They were very good at, you know, just sort of getting a goal ahead and then keeping it at that goal. Um, what you've seen recently is probably more ominous for, for other teams is they, they go out and they get the second goal um, and they, you know, it, if, if there was one criticism of them in, in those two seasons you mentioned there is that they didn't pull away often enough from teams. They would, they would win games 2-1 and 1-0. Now, with that run I mentioned earlier of, of um, scoring goals away, they're scoring them uh, and they're getting away. But obviously the issue comes at the back when they're conceding as well. So um, it's a different team from a couple of years ago. I think one of the issues, uh, you know, and we all get so obsessed with transfers and with new additions and new players. And a lot of the fans will worry about that in the summer when nobody... Obviously, there was Canate, the centre-back, who's barely played. So there wasn't that sort of big new face or new name coming in. And a lot of people were like, well, you know, all of these players are sort of 28, 29, 30. A lot of people were writing some of them off a little bit too soon, I think. Someone like you know, someone like Roberto Firmino or Sadio Mane, who didn't have the greatest of seasons last year. They're still wonderful players. And they're still... And, then, and Mo Salah gets better as he gets older. So... Um, the concern for me coming into it was that sort of freshness, the fact that they probably needed one, two new faces. Klopp's tried to do that when you think about Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott and some of the younger lads. But my concern about them, I say, hey, was that freshness. And was the sense that some some of those older players could have gone stale, but that's not happening. And they they if anything, you know, they're they're hitting their peak form. They're sticking at it. So yeah, I've, the signs I'm seeing are very much that you know obviously the big question, the big if is if everyone stays fit, which you saw last season. What happened when they didn't? But I, I'd i be very surprised if they're not in the conversation for Premier League, Champions League on this form.
0: Of course, they are, I think, five points clear now in the Champions League group. So given that Porto beat Milan last night, they are pretty much qualified. Obviously, nine points from three games. If they get a win the next game against Atletico Madrid at Anfield, and they are through. They only need a draw, really. Um, but moving on to the other game involving a Premier League team last night, it was Club v Manchester City. And Scott, you, you mentioned it to... Uh, to me last night, um, when I asked you to come on the podcast, you said you just expected a routine win for Manchester City. But uh, Bruce, they had a good result against you know Leipzig and PSG, with a win and a draw, I think. So, given that they were at home, um, Scott, how, how impressive do you think it was for City to go out and just sort of blast them away? Really, as as you said, you know, as as you would expect.
2: Yeah, I think obviously we spoke about how good Liverpool are, but. City, because of the kind of depth they have, just have this scary quality about them, I think. Um at the kind of very best, they just have people who they can plug in and out and kind of as Mark said before, they uh where Liverpool are starting to like score a few extra goals to kind of the second goal, City always have this quality where they've been able to blow people away. Um perhaps at times that makes them a bit lethargic later on in the season because they never stop playing, they perhaps don't manage a game as well, but they are just so impressive and as you say, Bruges kind of after I spoke to you, I looked into it and obviously they did get the result. Leipzig are kind of bottom of that table now. And obviously they pushed PSG all the way. Um, so it's not the easiest feat in the world. And uh, they, they do have a track record as well. I think um, Dennis at Watford scored a couple against Real Madrid a couple of seasons ago, maybe. And they came with a the win there. Um, so yeah, I, I think they'll be very happy and presumably city will have their focus firmly on the champions league again this year. Um, and yeah, it was a strong team last night that they put out. But again, you could imagine them making a few changes and probably doing something similar.
0: Yeah, yeah you mentioned it was a strong team, um, Mark. But it, it was actually a team that arguably had a few changes in from their first eleven. Whether they even have a first eleven, I'm not sure. But it it is a little bit scary the players that they can take out and and rotate and put out a team that could still probably win every competition. That that they play in.
1: Oh, 100 percent yeah. Um like, you, you, you almost don't even bother looking at the team because, you know, and certainly in a game like that, I mean, you just I think like as Scott was spot on in terms of talking about their ability to score goals, they've always had that. And it doesn't matter who's playing for them in that sort of front, sort of five or six position. Um, they're gonna score. And, and last night it was it was Maris's go to, you know, it was it, it was his turn to get a go and um, you get Grealish up there, who probably hasn't scored as many as he probably want But um, no, I mean their their quality is is completely without question. And um, they go into a game like that. I mean Bruges, yeah, having got that result against PSG um, would have been buoyed. But I just think this is an entirely different tougher proposition, and and it's one of the reasons why I don't really fancy PSG to win the Champions League because they'll come up against a Man City or a Liverpool or a Chelsea even who have be too physical for them and just have that extra zip, zip about them, I think. Um, so, yeah, City, you know, and what, what else is there left to say almost? You know, they've, they've got this array of talent. It was nice to see um, the young lad Palmer come on and get a goal, wasn't it? I know he's... I saw did you see him at the weekend. He came on as a sub on Saturday against Burnley. At, at, so what? what's that? That would have been quarter to five. He, he came on in the last minute for Bernardo Silva at quarter to five. And at half seven, he was playing for the under twenty three team against Leicester, and he scored hat trick. <laughs> um, and then, so that's Saturday, and then this yeah, is Tuesday. scores in the Champions League, so um, it's been a good few good few days for the lads. Uh, and he he looks he looks a good player. He looks like he's got a good touch on him. Um, and I think they mentioned it on commentary last night. You know, if you think about the sort of path that Phil Foden took to get into the player that we know he is now, I mean, how many times were the likes of us on these things screaming for Phil Foden to go on loan? Or you know, for Pep to play him a bit more. I mean, it's probably been the right decision to to manage him in the way he has, has not it? And you can sort of see a similar thing with this this kid Palmer now, who who you know looks looks um, like he'll be a real player, a real player for them.
0: It's a surprising amount of, of English talent at City, really, given that they can pretty much buy you know any any player on the earth and, and have done in the past. To be fair, Scott, um, we touched on it before a little bit, and it's something that I mentioned on the podcast yesterday as well, but. Raheem Sterling on the bench yesterday. Obviously, they spent 100 million on Jack Grealish. But what's your view of that situation? Because for me, I think that they've spent 100 million on a player who is probably a little plays in the same position, probably a little bit of a different player. But is it maybe worse? Is is Jack Grealish ever going to have a 20 goal season the same way that, that Sterling did for a couple of years? Um, I I don't know. What what's what's your view
2: on that situation? Yeah, I think it was um kind of one of those weird ones where. It wasn't a surprise to see Man City sign Jack Grealish, but it was surprised surprise to see them spend $100 million and then not really go all out for somebody like Harry Kane. That um, storyline, I'm sure, has sure been played out plenty over the last few weeks. But I think when Sterling's at his best, he provides probably something quite different to Grealish because he is just going to score goals, even if it takes him quite a few efforts. Um, but perhaps this kind of situation has kind of been coming a little while. Sterling didn't play loads last year, though the... He obviously came in for the big games at the end of the season, the Champions League final and the like. But he um, obviously had that interview last week where he mentioned about moving abroad to play football in Spain or France, um, which doesn't give you the greatest deal of options um, in those countries. But yeah, I think they obviously felt like they needed to do it because they went for a Grealish rather than a Kane. Um, I think he's probably somebody who over the next couple of seasons is really going to feel the benefit of kind of development under Guardiola and kind of getting used to that style of play where you can kind of be in the front three or the middle three. And I don't know, maybe he sees him as a bit more like a David Silva character, the kind of uh alongside the likes of Phil Foden. Um, but yeah, it, it is an unusual one overall, I think Um, especially to spend so much when you already have a Raheem still and at your kind of disposal.
0: Indeed. So moving on to the games tonight, we have Chelsea hosting Malmo FF um, and we have Manchester United hosting Atalanta. If we, if we start with Chelsea, Scott, um, just on their general form at the minute, you know, a few weeks ago, they were the best team in the world and Thomas Tuchel was the best man manager that football has ever seen. But I, I wouldn't say that they're on a mini blip at the moment, but um, the, you know, the, the form does seem to have dropped a little bit. They're still kind of getting results. But what's your view of the situation at the moment?
2: Yeah, so it kind of seems a bit obscure to criticise a team that's kind of top of the league and <laughs> not doing too badly, but they have looked at, I don't know whether vulnerable is the right word, but they are letting a lot of shots on goal. Um, those obviously been the criticisms of kind of how they've engaged the attack and kind of embedded Lukaku in with the side this season. But they are finding goals and kind of pulling through tight games against the likes of Southampton and Aston Villa. Obviously, they came through the Brentford game. And those were the games last year where they started to slip up, um, particularly against Villa and Southampton. I think they uh, slipped up with both of those guys last season. Um, Tuchel's kind of spoken a lot about kind of the freshness of his squad um, off the back. I think Mark's concerns about Liverpool and the freshness of the squad after kind of the summer. Um, I think Tuchel's kind of seeing that a bit more evident um, with kind of Jorginho's played a lot of football. He spoke in depth about the khaki yesterday, kind of feeling the weight of the big games. Uh, Lukaku's had to play with Belgium and not pull him through um, with Lukaku kind of like shouldering the responsibility like himself rather than being criticised. But I think he feels like that's kind of a big part of why the team's perhaps not gelling. Um, But against Malmö tonight, he kind of, not quite the city levels, but Tuchel has kind of the squad to rotate quite heavily. Um, We might see the likes of Sal come in uh, for a rare appearance tonight. Hudson he could come in. Um, obviously, there's like Werner who can start up front. Uh, so yeah, he's got lots of options, and I think we will see some rotation. But it's kind of a difficult season in terms of kind of he's still getting his message across because he only joined in February, getting players to bed together, but also kind of resting them enough so that they can challenge in the five competitions they're still in this season.
0: Lukaku might be, you know, feeling the responsibility of speaking eight languages. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that document before the game, where the, just for the benefit of people who haven't seen it, for the press conferences, they, they put on the languages that all the players speak and they couldn't even fit all of the languages that Lukaku speaks in the box, which is incredibly impressive. But Mark, the but, fact uh, have
1: that... We got, have we, have we, have go we got on. one between us here? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. we've probably got one between us, yeah. It
0: was a little bit embarrassing that all the English players did just speak one language and all of the... I've got a little the,
1: bit of Welsh. I can do a little bit of Welsh.
0: I won't oh, there do you it go. now, but I can do a little bit of Welsh, yeah. <laughs> we'll do that on the next podcast. Um <laughs> The fact that Tuchel's come out, Mark, and said that Lukaku might be a little bit mentally tired that, you know, Scott has touched on it there. He came in, didn't he, the start of the season and just blew Arsenal away. And then since then, we've not really seen kind of what we expected. Do you think that's a little bit of a worry for Chelsea?
1: Um, I think Tuchel, I was interested to see Tuchel say that because I was starting to think that. Uh, but when you think, I mean, he plays every game for Belgium, doesn't he? He plays. Um, and I think in the last couple, he seems to have, he's left the camp early for kind of various reasons, and and I just wonder if that's Belgium maybe just doing him a favor and doing Chelsea a favor. Um, I think I'm right, Scott, in saying it's Norwich at home this Saturday. I'd I'd, I'd yes. fully expect surely Lukaku doesn't start either tonight or that um, to give him a little break, you know. Um, probably for our fantasy football uh, roles, peeps, we we want him to miss tonight, wouldn't we? But um, yeah, I'm
0: keeping an eye on it. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, but. Um, uh, he, he has a big workload and he's such a such a presence when he plays and I mean the just the physical effort it must take to be Romelu Lukaku for 90 minutes and get through the work you have to do it has to surely take its toll eventually and I think tonight would be a perfect chance or even Norwich would be a perfect chance to look at something a bit different to look at Havertz to look at Werner you know to look at these players who always seems to be whenever they don't if they don't do well for an hour of a game, you're then reading the next day that they're a letdown and this sort of stuff. Like, it's, 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 they're such good players. It is, it is a, a very, very talented squad. Um, you could argue the best in the league almost. Um, so I think my, my issue, I, I, I wasn't paying too much attention to it on Saturday, but I, I saw when I was out, I saw the Chelsea Brentford game just on. Um it surprised me to see that defence. It almost felt like the defence was, was um, all of a sudden kind of down to the bare bones.
0: Yeah, that was the same with me, actually, as well. Yeah. yeah,
1: so maybe that's somewhere where, you know, they could look at strengthening. But um, going forward, it, it, all right, it hasn't clicked so much in recent games, but but they're, they're getting the job done. And, and we're in October. And, you know, that's, that's perfectly fine in October, isn't it? Um, because I, 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 I expect to see them there in March, April time with Liverpool and City still, um, still going for, going for the title. And, and I mean, tonight probably is more, you know, after they lost the event, so they'll have to get the job done tonight, but I'd expect them to. Um, uh, so, you know, they should go through in the Champions League as well. And then, um, and it, I, I mean, it's, it's easy to forget. Tuchel hasn't been there very long as, as Scott says, so he's still kind of getting used to certain things, getting used to certain players. There are, some players who suddenly appear that you forgot played from, like Ruben Loftus Cheek, and these people. So, but you know, it's it, the vast resources there, um, and and yeah, they'll they'll be fine tonight, and I think they'll be fine in general. Uh,
0: Scott have scored zero, conceded seven so far. It's a group <laughs> containing Malmö's in it, and uh, Chelsea and Juventus. It would it surely take some twist of fate for Juventus and Chelsea, and Juventus aren't actually very good by their own standards at the moment, sort of struggling in the league. Um, but yeah it, it, surely it's going to be Chelsea in Juventus you would think
2: yeah yeah you certainly hope so anyway um, I think the kind of ease with Zenit kind of dispatched Malmo kind of gives Chelsea a lot of hope for this evening giving them the opportunity to rest some players but I think it's it a bit of a kind of question in Tuchel's head is like does he play players to try and play them into form Um, I think he even said when we've obviously spoken about the car you've rested Tuchel mentioned he doesn't know whether it's the best to rest them at the moment or Play them to help them find some form, and I think there's a few players like that. Um, Kai Havertz and Ziyech have both kind of had good pre seasons, and then it fell away. And I think we kind of want to see the best of those guys. But uh, yeah, you you would hope that Chelsea would uh, accompany Juventus, and kind of when you uh, they play Juventus again, you would hope Chelsea got the win and perhaps top the group as well.
0: Elsewhere tonight, obviously we mentioned it before. Manchester United play Atalanta. Mark possibly a game that is a little bit more difficult than it would suggest given you know the name of the opposition they're not a european heavyweight by any stretch but they have they've have been in the champions league quite a lot recently and you know as to say harder on paper man united just haven't been that good recently it's, it's it's a big game really isn't it for them they kind of need to win
1: yeah they do um they don't want to be going to atalanta needing a result um so i mean they at the weekend it was it was everything that all of us who've kind of had misgivings about Man United, everything came to fruition in terms of, you know, their defence, in terms of their lack of intensity, in terms of Ronaldo sort of just almost kind of breezing through a game and not doing the work that we, we expect of our kind of elite forwards these days because that's the modern game. Um, and yeah, they, they only, obviously they lost uh, the first game at Young Boys. They only scraped through against Villarreal late on. So, so this is going to be a big game for them. I think. From what I've read, Atalanta have a few players out, which will be a, a blow for them. But um, yeah, they're a they're a side who yeah. So they got to the quarterfinals. Um, the uh, the year things stopped, didn't they? And the, when they played PSG, and then last season they were in Liverpool's group and they won at Anfield, but Liverpool hammered them in Italy. So you, you know you're not quite sure what you're going to get with that. But um, they'll certainly give them a, a kind of a, an exercise almost. They'll they'll be they'll be fit. They'll be, be buzzing about them and. And this Man United side struggles against that sort of team, um, and it's a huge week for them. When you think they've already lost at Leicester, they've got this tonight. They've got Liverpool on Sunday, and I mean, any anything but a win tonight, I think, is is it, it piles even more pressure onto Sunday. And then going into that game, I mean, I can almost imagine what Solskjaer will be doing. He'll be he'll be reciting Fergie quotes, one he, and he'll be he'll be probably <laughs> getting him in to do the team talk and all this sort of stuff that he does because. He's going to need all that um, uh, at the weekend. So that they they need a win. Um, I think they probably should just get it, but but you're just never quite convinced by them, are you? Um, and uh, they're going to they're going to face a tough test in terms of a, a physical test tonight, and um, they're going to have to get through that to get anything anything from the game.
0: Yeah, it is a huge game for them tonight but I think we will leave it there for today guys Um, obviously more Champions League tonight and then we've got more Europe tomorrow with the Europa League and the Old Conference League and we'll be back tomorrow with another full feature length Football Digest uh, with John Cross and our other football writers but if you've listened this far on Apple Podcasts then please do give us a five star rating because that will help us get put in the feeds and such and if you are watching on YouTube then please do give us a like and a subscribe but thanks Mark for your time, thanks Scott for your time and thanks everybody for watching and listening.